0: forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast thank you very much have a great day and enjoy the show gg poker is the biggest online poker site and they have more players than any other on the internet why play anywhere else they have a wide range of games and unique features that you just can't find on any other site gg poker run huge tournaments with big prize pools and they hold the record for the biggest ever prize pool on an online poker tournament there are games for all players at all skill levels, whether you're new to poker or season pro, including cash games and exciting tournaments like Bounty Hunters and Sunday Majors. GG Poker offer popular games like Texas Hold'em and Omaha to unique games like All In or Fold and Spin and Gold. New players that make their first deposit get £60 in free play, £18 plus, new UK players only. Minimum deposit is £10, full terms and conditions apply. at and please play responsibly
3: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Geico asks, How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today.
3: It's the fly in It's the fly in. in It's the in It's the Fly In Cook A Camo She
0: wondered if if your um your personal trainer
2: ever fantasized about you. It's hard to know, isn't it? You you don't know what they're thinking, really, and no one does. What, could you, what are you thinking? In, in your wildest dreams, what do you imagine? Well, he's quite a handsome bloke, so hopefully he does. Hopefully he does, because then, you know, what? Well, hopefully he fancies me more week on week, because then it's like getting better, rather than can less. We, can leave for him?
0: Would you?
2: He's he's handsome, but um, nah. She's, she'll get a stay of execution for an hour. For me, so you ever felt about
0: thought about sleeping with a man?
4: All
2: the time. Good.
0: All the time. Um, this is uh, the Fighting Cop podcast. Tottenham Hotspur are are fucking the bollocks. <laughs> we are magic. We're fantastic. Tottenham Hotspur have just beaten. Uh, who do we play? Aston Villa. 4 0. And um we watched the game together for the first time. I think the, the collecti- collectively, we were together. Like every one of us was together watching a game of football, and it was magical at the weekend. Um, but we went through the first half of this game, and it was horrendous. It was. I was listening to a Villa podcast earlier, boys, and just just to see what they were what they were thinking. So, it's like less about the second half, but it wasn't this kind of listening to. Other fans' shit because you want to hear their misery. I was just wondered what they thought about the first half because, from a Spurs fans' perspective, I think they were overzealous to
2: put it kindly. John, what did you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember when we were we were watching it together. We were we were under stress because we were under pressure because they were pressing high, and I think that they um they their tactic was basically to come out and go go all guns blazing and try and put us under pressure the fact that we'd scored like so early i think sort of and hindered us because it meant that we we were like oh shit we, we've scored really early we've got something to to um to work with here and actually that suits us normally to like teams to come onto us so we've got space to to break into but for whatever reason we just couldn't quite break the press very well and it seemed like our you know our be- better players kane included just weren't clicking at that moment in time in the first half so it did feel like quite high pressured but i do remember thinking as well that it is only a matter of time until we do click and when we do click we've got a lot of space to counterattack into and they can't keep this up another 45 minutes which is ultimately what transpired and we got it together so yeah it was the first half was a little bit um was a little bit horrible to watch but we we um we got through it mate we did get through it we,
0: did, we 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 more than got through it we actually um we, we uh pushed their guts in a little bit uh in the second half for sure T what, what did you make of their attitude in the first half because it's like from a fan's perspective it's kind of everything you want to see from your team certainly if you're playing a team that is above you in in their quality like like we are above villa in terms of our Who we have in our first 11 and stuff, and you want if you can't match them for quality, then you want to match or or be better than them in energy and attitude and 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 and, you know just pressuring the game. And they did it, (coughs) but I was wondering what your feeling was about that because I, I, I felt like they they were doing it, but it was almost to excess. It's like everyone, it's like when you go out on a night out, right? And everything you've got, you're loaded up, you've got everything, you've got loads of money, you've got everything else you need. There's beer on tap. And if you go heavy for the first three hours, the remaining four hours a night is going to be a misery. And that was kind of what Villa, Villa did. I don't know what, what you thought.
4: You know, they killed, you know, the potential Ballon d'Or winner, Matt Doherty. You know, I'm pouring out a beer right now because, you know, I can't go unpunished. You know, Matty Cash, we know where you live. That can't go unpunished. <laughs> yeah, someone I'm needs like, so, like Sully right now. I'm <laughs> like Sully right now. Someone's got to die. Someone's got a go. Obviously I'm not saying we should kill Matt Matty Cash, but um I mean, let's well, maybe, no, maybe, think...
0: maybe we should kill him. Maybe maybe we should kill him. Should we go? No, him? just
4: let's just, just give him a slap. What are you, him a
0: slap. Are you that's what I'm saying. You're willing to give up your home life, your job, everything. You, you goes to prison for at least fifteen years for his challenge of Matt Doherty. Are we all in the same boat no, here? We're we gonna of, go and...
4: we're all attendees of the church of Matt Doherty. We all worship <laughs> Matt Doherty now. That's that's the world we're living in, and if anyone harms our deity... Mad shit, harm religion, sh- yeah. mad shit has been done in the name of
0: religion, is not it? Mad shit has been done in the name of religion.
4: This is a religion of peace, but it might not be any more if you're going to harm our boy like that, man. And oh. loads of, they're, they're really piling into those challenges in the first half, but... You know, I think you should of- up. Yeah, I think um, he was letting a lot go. Was he actually German or was there some kind of injury? that I missed?
0: <laughs> I, I, there was something in, in that room where everyone was talking about him being... I, I don't know why German was, was, was the sort of... Going, I, I, I was confused. I just went along a bit and laughed
2: when everyone else laughed. I don't, I think, he, I don't think he was German. Um, I, think, I think that was to, to suit a lot of uh, Second World War-based banter uh, that suited our own narrative. It, uh, it was a, str- a strange strip.: like, But I like that uh, there's a little bit in your head going, Oh, maybe he is German. No,
0: personally. I thought he was German, so was the No, <laughs> And I don't know Are what he... German's got. what's that got to do with anything? Exactly. Like, why was it why would the referee being German have anything to do with him letting
4: letting tough challenges go? <laughs> no, he shouldn't dear, have done maybe it. maybe he's a romantic of the nineteen eighties of you know Terry Herlock and Billy Whitehurst just smashing people up. For, you know I want to see some of that. So the result of a... that was losing one of our best players. But um uh, this the main point the main point that all three of us are gonna make is that it wasn't gonna be sustainable. Um, I think the Sonny goal just shaped the whole first half really because um if Sonny hadn't scored early on then maybe they wouldn't have gone so aggressive. But um I did feel that they weren't gonna keep it up for, for the whole game and, and obviously they didn't.
0: The um the, the, the narrative from, from Aston Villa fans is that um they were up for it and um we were play acting. That, that our players were making the, a meal out of the challenges that they were receiving. And they didn't acknowledge Matty Cash's um, overzealous challenge on Matt Doherty, the, which rules him out for the rest of the season. And we're going to come on to that because we need to talk about him. But it's it's mad how you view a game, isn't it? From, from, from our perspective, it was like, what's the ref doing? It wasn't even like... I, I don't think any of us were blaming... There wasn't a single discussion about... Um, Villa being dirty, it was about all right. What well, well, any team would do, what Villa were doing, if the ref is letting them get away with it. But then you've got players getting injured, and then you've got in the same game and it may, maybe the same half or second half. I can't remember when Hoybier got, uh, got um, booked for pulling someone back, which was yeah. isn't dangerous. It's not that It might be. It might be a tactical advantage, but it's certainly not a dangerous
2: challenge. It just felt like there was a massive discrepancy in in how the two teams were being treated, John. Yeah, that that was the most frustrating thing for me personally. Is I, I was actually right with those those tackles. I remember watching it like seeing your own players get smashed is never nice. But just taking a step back and thinking like that's that was what I actually want to see from football like strong physical tackles. Like I'm fine with that if they if they win the ball and then clean players out. That's that's fine. And as a result of that, like players will get injured, which is not great when it's your own team. You have to, you have to be like that. But football's not like that anymore. You can't, like, you're just not allowed to do that anymore. So I don't really understand how a referee allows that to happen. And as soon as you let the first one go, because there was, I don't think it was the Docky one was first. There was, a, there was a, like a smashing tackle on someone else, and he let that go. And as soon as he did that, after that, they were just like, "Well, there's a line here, and we're like, we're prepared to step right up to that line and just like pile in on players." And he did the classic thing that refs do, which is just that that level of inconsistency, which is you let four or five massive tackles go, and then the next foul, which happens to be the Hoiberg, just a slight arm on someone's shoulder, he gets booked. Like, not even a free kick, he gets booked for it. Yeah. So then no like no one knows what the line is. So like then there's just loads of like mad shit happening, and everyone's getting frustrated by it. So I kind of understand their frustration of, like, it was just physical tackles and it was fine. Uh, and also from like from our perspective, I'm a bit like, look, I don't understand the rules anymore. Because next week, one of our players will smash <laughs> someone exactly the same and they'll get a book in, or worse. So I just, uh, that's the bit that was the most frustrating is, I actually wouldn't mind it if that was the rules all the time, but it's not. So that's the bit that pissed me off the most, I think, mate.
0: I, I don't think that all of Villa's success in the first half came from them just being um, super aggressive in the tackle. They were just mad for it. They were, it. Do you know what it reminded me of? Tia, you, you'll remember this: it, that when uh, Jurgen Klopp's first game against Pochettino's Tottenham, um, it was I think it was nil-nil or one. Uh, no, yeah, nil-nil. It was nil-nil. Yeah, yeah. And they <clears> came <throat> out like madmen for the first half. It was just like, oh my god! Like, is this Klopp's Liverpool? Is this is this what's going to happen? And then in the second half, they calmed down because he, no human being can run like that and be as aggressive like that for ninety minutes. It's not. And, and I wonder, like, that is a. I, I, maybe there's a long-term plan for uh, to instill this ag- aggressive sort of football from from Gerrard. But if you're at the start of that journey, and, and, and the, this isn't something that, that Villa is going to do forever, it's just let's get this into their players. Let's change their mindset. This is the way you need to play and be aggressive. But to be at the start of that journey and play them when they it, 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 like all of us were saying. They can't maintain this for ninety minutes. And if they if they could, they'd be in the top four. They they'd probably finish the championship. If they could play like that for ninety minutes and they could they created chances. In fact, they they um they created more shots on goal that no, what was it I think it was more shots the on goal. The next year
4: was almost double.
0: Yeah, but more shots on goal against Spurs without scoring since 2012. And no, no Spurs goalkeeper has, has saved more shots on goal. No, no, Hugo Lloris hasn't saved more shots on goal since 2012 in the first half. So it, it goes to show that what they were doing was effective, but it just wasn't... It's, there's no longevity in that. So it, it was just... The, the, did you feel that it was coming in
4: the second half? Um, I think there's longevity in that if you score goals, though. I mean, um, <clears throat> if they've scored two goals in the first half, then that changes the game, changes the whole complexion of the game. Yep. you going to do that. You have to be clinical with your chances. So if you're going to be like that for a whole half and bag a couple of goals, then you know, the other team have to push forward and you can, you know, lay back, hit it over the top and get a third goal. But I didn't score. Got Ollie Watkins, who I believe was £35 million. Danny Ings, £20 million. Um... When Deere and Bailey were on the bench, they cost money. So they're not some cheap, ragtag bunch of you know, bunch of players. These are players who cost a lot of money. They've got to be more clinical, and we were clinical. Um, so on every season outperforms his XG, not because he's lucky, but because, you know, Quality. when it comes to it, he's very clinical. I mean, now when he's one-on-one with the keeper, there wasn't much doubt he was going to score. I mean, I know I've had my, my beef with him in recent weeks is that he's not played well, but he's got the goals. But I think Saturday was a game where he matched a good performance with the goals.
0: I think um, the the problem with XG is it doesn't account for the player's quality in that circumstance. So the ball, like the way Son scored that first goal, which was like a left foot half volley kind of chance, so it just bounced to him and just smashed it in off the post. Most players can't do that. Most forwards can't do that. Danny Ings, Ollie Watkins probably can't do that. So XG is great. I, I do actually genuinely like XG. I think it's an interesting way to look at the game. It tells you something that that your eyes can't see, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you have players as good as ours, you don't necessarily need 4.0 XG to score four goals in the game because their quality negates what X, the value that XG presents. And um, we saw that from Son and Kulisevsky as well. But before we get onto those players, we've got to talk about them. Um, Matt Doherty's injury from that Matty Cash uh, challenge is a real shame, isn't it? Because... I've got this question here: Is like, did you see? Have you seen a turnaround in form or respect from the fans as significant as Matt Doherty's? And the only other example I can think of is Sissoko's. Is that it's comparable, isn't it? Well, Harry Kane
4: for one. Well, yeah, I know, but it, Harry has been, been lowered. I mean, you got you got Danny Rose, who was. Um, I mean, he had a new contract, and we laughed at him.
0: Yeah, uh, that's true. You
4: know. You know, I mean, to answer the guy's question properly, um, it is a massive turnaround, and credit goes to Antonio Conte. And um, the stuff that he said is that you know, Doherty's been a consummate pro, and Doherty said to so himself that you know, when I saw I was it in the team, I didn't bang down the, the door. I'm just going to train twice as hard as everyone. I'll fight my way back into the reckoning, and that's something as fans that we love to read about players. I mean. Um, it does it does divide opinion of because of his goo in the past or the fact that he's useless at times but Previously, the fact yeah. that he's having this renaissance is um is lovely to see
0: it's a shame that he's got injured though john isn't because it? it's just like you you're, you this this could be great for you you could you could you could if you carry on playing like this there'll be no conversation about upgrading you or very little conversation about upgrading you next season and i don't think there will be either. but it's i think that needs sh- to happen yeah, but it's just yeah. a shame. It's just a shame that that he doesn't get the opportunity to really kick on for the rest of the season, just through injury. Because everything he's done in the last six games, um, means that he should be given that opportunity. He should he should be given that platform. It's been taken away from him because of injury and a fucking nuts. a challenge from. And I get it. Like it happens in football match, football games all the time. But that like, Cash didn't need to go in like that. And it's a shame that his injury has is, is, is ruled him out now, and no doubt he will be at Spurs next season. But he, he's he's important to us. Weirdly, he's become really important to us.
2: Yeah, it's it's super frustrating because you know to T's point, like in the summer, I think regardless we need we need a another option as a wing back. But previously it was like <laughs> just fucking cold a lot of them, Royale, Doherty in the sea, like just just drop them off, like forget them, forget they ever happened. Now it would have been great to go into uh, like a summer window going okay look we're going to try and upgrade that position, but if our backup is now this docky, suddenly it's like you've got two great options that you can r- rotate between, and someone that is like proven to now be able to deliver at the standard we want Whereas now we're going into summer like he might he might not come back the same player like he was he was um really struggling with his form when he came back from i think he had like covid didn't he that's what sort of like delayed yeah. his um, come back into the eleven, and then he obviously had a struggle with form and like finding his feet. So this is a much more serious injury. This is going to put him out like way into the summer and like into the start of next season. So he might ne- <laughs> like. Is and that's, that's a bit that what's been said. But it's an what, MCL. It's an MCL, which is pretty fucking serious. That's like yeah, twelve weeks. Yeah, and like, and then the recovery and the rehab from that, like, <clears> is going to be pretty long. So that's a pretty shit injury. So. I don't want to be like overly dramatic. Like we'll never see him again. Like he's just he's gone. But he might never recover. He might never get to the point where we're like, ah, okay, that's the player we we saw for that like that spell when he actually hit his form. So it's it's really shit timing, like really shit timing. And having um seen all of the comments around what Conte said about him and that he basically like forced his way back into the team through hard work and commitment. That's what you want. Like you want to see that from players, and like we've got other players currently out on loan who obviously haven't shown that. And so, when a player does it and then, and then has this injury, it's like a double whammy. So yeah, I feel he really went, sorry for the guy. He wanted it's to stay shame. on as well, didn't he? he was, like, yeah, he was, he was trying. He was trying. They gave him yeah. a couple
0: of tums, <laughs> <on> a... <laughs> what? What? Tums. tums. They gave him a couple of tablets on 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 the pitch. Like what what? Like, it could have been more than par- it couldn't be. It had to be more than paracetamol because paracetamol takes twenty minutes and it doesn't. It's not that good, is it?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, like, I don't know. But, well, yeah, when we were watching it, obviously, we were speculating. Was it, was it Tums? Was <laughs> it Rennie? Was it Paracetamol? <laughs> was it Arthur Pill? Who knows? <laughs> um, okay, uh, so
0: uh, Romero in his first half, I thought, struggled. His aggressiveness was negated by Coutinho's cuteness. So he was yeah. flicking. He wasn't trying to play Romero. He was using Romero's aggressiveness against him. And we were getting undone, but I think, like by and large, that was, you know, part of the entire ethos of what Villa were doing in the first half. But the second half, he took control once again, and uh, was it's just it's just such a magic. I don't I, I don't want to have the same conversation we had last week, but I just I'm so fucking happy that he's there. I just love seeing him. I absolutely love seeing. Him. I don't, do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like it's just it's just wonderful seeing him being aggressive and dominant and and. And and it's like like the, uh, for a long time, certainly before Pochettino's era at Tottenham, we had passive players and we were a passive football club, and we were winning games and we had players that could do something, but we very rarely had the aggressiveness of of other other teams. And Romero, for me, embodies that. Like he doesn't care. I'm sure he's happy to be at Spurs, but he does not care about the shirt he win he's wearing. He cares about affecting a football game. And, and about winning, yeah. And and by proxy we we benefit from it, don't we T? Yeah,
4: I think um I think the crux is, is that he's got that aggressiveness with ability. We've had players that have been aggressive in the past, I guess Turico, and not been as good. Hmm? Kevin <laughs> Scott,
0: he was really aggressive, but shit. Did so Craig stupid. Short
4: ever play for Tottenham? Did I imagine that?
0: I mate, you'd know better than me. I d I don't remember that.
4: But I don't know, I I absolutely love Romero and um I think I mean as I was thinking to myself today, and you know, the Paratici's kind of, um, you know, there were there were doubts over him over the first window, when Romero was out for a while, and um, Galina turned out to be really bad, <coughs> and Heel was lightweight, and Royale was kind of up and down. But I think the January window will be the will be the jewel in this crown, really, because you know, you've got Bentancor and Kulisevsky, but Romero is someone that all the fans love watching, and. Um, even when you're at home games, when he makes a tackle, the, the fans all cheer. They cheer as much as Kane doing an assist or or a goal. It's just. Um, and I remember he did a challenge on Richarlison a few weeks back that he actually put on his um, story, and it's just yeah, um, yeah, absolute mad bastard. And I but love it. he's just sort of sort gone.
0: Well, you know, just just what you mentioned just just a couple of seconds ago is about the um, the cheer or the roar of the crowd when one of your players do something. That that's 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 powerful that's as powerful as the groan or, or most or, or significant as the groan when Reggio misplaces a pass or Doherty back in you know a year ago was you know just every touch you just think or, or at Emerson more recently you think every touch is just going to be, be <laughs> We've at, got uh, to talk a,
4: about that at length actually yeah. Yeah.
0: The, the second touch is going to be a tackle kind of thing the groan that that exists there is significant but the 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 raw when Romero or any other player does something good, and you know we saw that in the build-up of the goal, the was it fourth goal? I think it was. Was it third or four? Four. Fourth. Yeah. 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 Was, was 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 magnificent. But I'm just saying, like a player's attitude. Like we could lose, be losing a game, and Romero could do something like that,
2: and the roar would be significant. Or while and elsewhere,
0: just um, yeah, yeah,
2: quality. Yeah, just um, just on Romero, I think that Matt, that's a good point. And I think the reason that um, fans connect with with Romero in that way is because like, really good defenders like can be passive so like you don't notice them that they're really good because they're just in the right place they just intercept stuff and from a fan's perspective when you're just like watching the game you don't notice that stuff always and actually like I always like rate defenders if you just don't notice them because you really like looking for mistakes and stuff like that and, and issues they make The difference with Romero is he's so proactive that's very obvious when he's doing good stuff. Like, he's yeah. always trying to nick the ball, pinch the ball, get in front of people. Like, he's so aggressive that it's really on your radar. And as a fan, it's like the whole passion and gravy crowd. Like, we want to see defenders fucking getting in people's faces and smashing people. That's what people enjoy. And normally, it's a bad thing. Like, you don't want defenders diving in and, like, doing that because they just get rolled or they get skinned or they commit fouls. He's so fucking good at timing it that it really helps us because it gets us back on the front foot. And that's why I think like the fans have connected with him so well because he's just so proactive. And just on this topic, I just wanted to take this time to just say, like, recently, like this season, rightly, Dyer's had a lot of praise for his performance in that central role in the middle. And Romero is now getting praise for, like, playing on the right of that three and just, like, being super aggressive. Davis is the prime example of what I was talking about before. I have not noticed him for about five five weeks. Because he's just been steady, absolutely solid, like just keeping his head down, just doing the basics and the fundamentals so well. That three is so well balanced now. I can't believe how good Ben Davis actually is in that role. He's so good. But we keep talking about, oh, we need to upgrade Ben Davis. Like, that would not be my priority Mm. at the moment because he is so decent in that position. Um so yeah, just like I haven't heard on the last like couple of podcasts or any any other kind of media give Ben Davis much credit. Well, I think he's been fucking brilliant recently. He so has. I just thought I'd um, give him a bit of a shout out to our gentle Ben.
0: The back three has been superb; it really well, has. It. And 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 on the other other end of the pitch, you have got a front three who are the best in the Premier League at the moment. Like I know not every team plays with a front three, but have you ever like I. Kulusevski has been amazing. We've, we're not going to just say, "Oh, he's great. He's brilliant. He's fantastic." Let's not do that again. I just want to talk about the front three of them: uh, uh, Son, Kane, Kulusevski. Is it? Uh, can we talk about the three of them in the same way that we can talk about Delhi, Son, and Kane? And bearing in mind, Son and Kane are better players than they were in the, 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 the four years ago. But Kulisevsky is just somehow just slotted into that. Like he's he's unreal, and he's a part of that. He's part of that. That, that, that second goal, because we needed that second goal. When he hit that, he hit it in. He went through, and it was like a half chance at most. And the way he struck it, and it went into that bottom corner, and we fucking erupted in our room, and the Spurs fans erupted. It was it was fucking superb. It, it's it's suddenly you, you look at our first eleven, and you think about Conte managing the team, and you think about every fixture that we've got for the rest of the season. And we probably won't win them all. But you, the, is there any part of you, T, that, that thinks that we can win them all? Do you think we can win every game, including Anfield?
4: Um, to be honest, no. I mean, sorry to bring, sorry to bring it down. I don't think brilliant, brilliant. Like, just lie. Sure. Just fucking lie, T. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah. just, just not, feel the vibe. <laughs> I will bring it back in a second, yeah. Go on, then. I'm not sure we'll finish top four. However, what? Kulisevsky is our best signing since Hyung Min Son. I don't think we've signed a player as good as that since. And um, he's one of the best players for his age in the world. Um, the second goal, none of us thought was going to go in. And I think what was more beautiful was him sitting down Tyrone Mings for the fourth goal. Yeah. Because he gets the ball and I think, what's he going to do? And Mings is all over him. And Mings is just on his ass, tapped to Sonny, and then we all just erupted in the room. Um, we've got one of the best front threes about. And um, I think... I don't know if every other fan feels the same way, but when you have someone who who's on Kane's wavelength as a new signing, you've just got to really feel good about that. And, you know, Kane trusts him with the ball and he could do his own thing. It's just, um, oh, as I, as I said earlier, when I think Paratici outdone himself with the January window. and um, Bentancor is you know, a lovely player. I and mean, when they first joined, I was more on Bentancor, but I think, like everyone else, I've just, just been swept up in Kulisevsky mania.
0: Um, no, you can't. That You said a massive statement just a minute ago. You said you're not sure who finished top four.
4: No, because um, we're Spurs, mate. I mean, Flav, flab, <laughs> this, this is your quote. Flav, this is your quote. What is it called? This is Tottenham. <laughs> this is
0: that is you? Tot- tit. Is this you? Th- this is Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It, it, it is Tottenham, but sometimes there's negating circumstances. Um, no, of, I, course, I would, I, of course, of course. And I think we might be in one right now, right? I, I, I get as a, as a the cl- the club that we are and what we've experienced over collect, you know, for, 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 like yes. on average between us, 38, 40 years of watching Spurs. Yeah, um, yeah, you would think at this point we would fuck it up, but there are times in the last ten years where we've been we, the, the the players we've had and more certainly the manager that we've had negates that. So I would say. If you're not hopeful, if if you can't remove the idea of Spurs being eternal fuck ups right now, then there's no hope.
4: <laughs> Is there hope, Tika? Come on, mate. Surely we're in you know the driving what? seat. We're on the driving seat. No, we we are in, we are in a very good position. But ball changes so much. I mean, um, I'm probably going to say this until the season's over, but. At Wolves in Southampton week really, really got to me. It really got me down. And then then we lost in Middlesbrough and Burnley and I was just so low. Low as a snake's belly, man. I was so down about that. And um, I think we beat Leeds in between those results and that didn't even move me. And um, I think I posted in the group that our, our aggregate is like 23 and 2. Last five, last three or four games, which mm. is amazing. Score more um,
0: goals than anyone else. We're third, we're third in like, the league since Poch, uh, since Conte took over.
4: And um, the point you made, Flav, that I negated to point out was that we have Conte now, and Conte makes everything a bit different. And um, we've lost Doherty, and we're probably going to lose other players, but we've got Sessignon and on back. Now, Reggie did didn't play very well on Saturday, but having them two back semi-fit is, is a boost anyway. So hopefully we, we've got one game a week. We don't have too many more injuries. And um what to say we're in a driving seat for fourth. We've got a very good chance of fourth. I just have a very bad feeling.
0: Don't just stop. Just stop throwing that out there. because that's go on, John, I
4: Positivity, go
2: on. I, go on, I, think, we're gonna, I think we're going to win every game. I think we'll finish third. Third. Yeah, we win every game 4-0 minimum. <laughs> uh, no, I, I seriously think that uh, I was with T when though that kind of spell of the Wolves game in Southampton, I was like not that I was um this is terminal, fucking fuck Conte, get him out. But I was like, okay, this is where we're at. Like we we're gonna win some, we're gonna lose some, like it's gonna be inconsistent. It's a bit fucking annoying. I just think we've turned a corner. I think something's happened. Like the players have just clicked because <laughs> the last few games, aside from just like scoring a shitload of goals, it looks different. Like it feels different. Like the players are really like I can see that there's a different style and it's obviously Conte ball of this, like, automations and these, like, passes, and I'm, like, noticing these patterns more and more about the way we play playing it. 100%. It's like the, the Kudelski thing as well is, me, like, the, that front three is so dangerous because they have, the, like, the lethal combination of rapid pace and directness of sun. Haynes just a, a currently the best player in the country by a fucking country mile. He can find passes, he can score goals. He's, like, dropping off deep and creating space for direct runners. And Kudelski's like a sort of hybrid of of passing and vision and um, patience and just, like, vision and calmness. I mean, as we saw by the first, uh, sorry, by the fourth goal, where he gets into the box, sits down Mings. A lot of players just smash that across the box. But he has the composure and the, the kind of maturity at 21 to wait and find a pass. And not just find a pass to Son, like, perfect. He just has to fucking hit it. Like, great. And then he also has the just brute directness of his first goal, of his of his goal, where he just gets into the box, gets out of his feet and smashes it across goal. Like, that, those combination of players is quite rare. And so, like, to ask you a question about, like, the, the Delhi Ericsson, Kane and Son thing... That was a combination that suited us, right? You had Ericsson's creativity, Deli's directness, Sun's pace and Kane. Like, it's a different type, it's a different makeup, but we've got a bit of everything that you need in attack to be able to score a shitload of goals. That's just working. And then we've got Hoiberg and Bentacore doing, doing really well as like a little duo in the middle, like feeding off each other. But so I'm just like looking at the team and I'm thinking it's quite settled. So to T's point, like as long as we don't have too many injuries that like disrupt it too much, we're going we're gonna to win a lot more games than we're going to lose. And if we just stay as consistent as possible and win the ones we should win, and somehow manage to pull something out against the Liverpool, then it, it, it's it's there. Like it is there for us. Like I'm 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 now starting to believe that we can do it. Um, and I'm excited for it, mate.
4: John, I needed need to repeat something that you said at the weekend. Um, go on. What was the Daniel Craig line in Layer Cake?
2: Oh but, yeah. Um, if we didn't yeah. have
4: Kane, go on, go on.
2: Yeah. So so I remember. Um. After the game, they were talking about, like, oh, if Spurs didn't have Hugo Lloris, they'd have conceded five. If they didn't have Payne, they wouldn't have scored four. Right. And it's a, there's a line in Layer Cake where, like, Daniel Craig goes to meet these other, like, drug dealer gangs and they're, like, sort of look at his big bodyguard and they're like, well, you wouldn't be much if you didn't have him. And then the bodyguard says to the drug dealers, but he does, though, doesn't he? Yeah. And so, that's, yeah. the, that's it. We have got fucking great players. <laughs> the- we didn't concede because we've got one of the best keepers in the world. We scored four goals because we've got great strikers. Like... Shut yeah, your mouth. Yeah, but that's, it's not that. Isn't an argument. Like the whole fucking the whole, the entire sport that we love is
0: based on the quality of the players that you buy fundamentally, or the manager that you have. If we didn't have Conte, we would be eighth. If we didn't have Conte, we might be fourteenth. If we if we hadn't appointed Conte and had Nuno for the rest of the season, we might have got relegated. Like it'd it yeah, probably be that, dead. Yeah, we'd all be dead. absolutely yeah yeah dead. I, I, if John wasn't dead, I'd kill him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he jumped like no, oh, I'm, I'm you know I, I, football is important, but I, I, there's more going on in my life than just Spurs. Like, fuck it, you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> bang. Um, Kolesovsky has got six assists in nine oh, games. Fucking hell. Sorry, no, that's that, uh, nine, nine starts and two 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 uh, two subs.
4: It's the goal involvement stat that does me, and I don't yeah. know the exact numbers, but they're immense, aren't they?
0: He's uh, yeah, he's mustard for 21 years old. Like this is you're talking about. Like Foden, um, Saka, Smith Rowe—that these are players around his age, age group—and and I don't think the the media has caught on to how good this player is. Good, good. No, no, yeah. Long may it continue, but it is, it's inevitable they will respect. They'll put, so they'll start putting respect on his name. Um, if we finish top of the season,
4: uh, f- yeah. Sorry, sorry, from,
0: no, 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 no. But from 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 January. Oh, any on- any window,
4: summer and January, I'd say. Yeah, so I'm struggling to, to
2: think of a player who's been signed, yeah, this season, let's say, like both windows, who's had more of an impact than he has. Good shout.
4: Yeah, yeah. And The only one, maybe yeah. maybe Louis Diaz, but he's been, he's been on the bench recently, but I can't think of either window who's had more of an impact than Kulisovsky.
0: And he plays on the left as well. If we'd have signed him, well, the Son would have been forced out right. I think yeah. we, like, fuck him. Didn't need him. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so Spurs, if we do finish fourth would put us in a a very good position in the transfer market. If you imagine the c- combination of Champions League football and Conte, what kind of players do you think we could sign? Like, we've we done well bringing in Ben Tankor and Kulisevsky, and you think if we bring in players as good as them, then that would be fantastic. But suddenly, we're a much more attractive proposition for players out there. And like I say, with Paratici and and Conte, it... it how important do you think, John, is, is um, top four this season to what might happen next season? Or can Conte work his magic
2: regardless? I do, I do think it's really important. Like I know that, um, like we were just saying a few weeks ago, it didn't look possible. But now it is possible. You do start to think, OK, but if we get that, then we are suddenly back in that bracket where we can attract like top players. Because right? we're a London-based club stadium the training ground those things like players do take that into consideration we don't pay peanuts all right we're not like city and alike where we can pay mega money we don't pay peanuts anymore we we can like pay people decent wages we have one of the most exciting managers we have like people want to play with players like kane and son like they they're big names in world football people want to come and play so i feel like there's a there's a good bracket under the sort of like the ones that everyone wants to sign that are really decent to be honest, the like level of like Bentoncour Kulisevsky, that type of player that's like playing for a big club that for whatever reason it's not quite working there but there's a there's obviously a player there and they want to play regular football and there's an opportunity for them to come to England that's the sort of player I think we'll be able to attract if we don't get into it you're you're going down a level which like just as a result of that means that you're then you have lesser chance of then getting in it the following year, and I feel like all of the teams around us. That are, that are in the mix for this they're going to be strengthening in the summer now, if we can finish in the top four it just means we're ahead of them and then we're we're more looking up than we are looking to consolidate as if we finish outside the top four, everything's just about finishing the top four again, and you're you're doing that from a like a much more difficult place so without putting too much pressure on it like I do think it's pretty fucking crucial, and also from a Kane and Conte perspective, it makes the project and I hate that word, but it does make the project seem a bit more appealing. Like, we are going in the right direction, and actually, if we have a good summer, we can challenge for stuff.
0: I'm just looking at pictures of, um, of the game, and our kit is so good. Our kit is beautiful. The hope night like, don't fuck it up again. Like They, they have smashed they it will. out of the pot. They will, because it's not like, like they need to change it so that fans buy it so it's different. But I think fans are stupid enough to just buy whatever gets put out anyway. So just give her, it's give fair, us another whole, <laughs> just give us a whole white cut, a whole white, a whole white kit again. And the uh, na- actually, all they need to do is ma- make the socks white. They're navy at the moment. Make the socks. I don't white. agree
4: with you on that. We only, well, it, wore, it, it, we, only, we only wore white socks after 1965. Before that, we wore navy socks, and that's my that's my preference. But
0: okay. Oh no, sorry, yeah, on. but 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 in it, like if you had to if if it was a case of white socks and then having what we had last season, which was like that, <laughs> you'd like you'd I don't the the white to Sox. be
4: naked playing skins.
0: Um, <laughs> I, 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 we're not going to talk about how good Kane is again. I think he made two assists, um, but he's glanced header to yeah. set up uh, Son's through ball. Was it three nil with that one? Yeah, so he just. Was, yeah. So we were, just, we were looking at it, and it, we, we saw the replays, and it was like, all right, he's just, he's just knocked it on. But it was so much more than that. He looked. He looked at where Son, Son was, and he just looked and then just turned to the ball, and he knew exactly what he was doing. Just literally a deft touch, just, just a subtle touch on the ball. The pace was there. Just flick it on, and it was perfect. Like The, the geezer, he cannot do no wrong. If everything's going for him, if if he's in a place where he's, you know, a manager, that he, he's that he wants to play for, and things are going well, that his vision and his in his courage to believe in his ability is un, unfounded. He's, I genuinely believe, he's one of, if not the best, footballer that we've ever seen in the Premier League. But I can't. I. D- He's playing. He's not. He's not playing for Manchester United, Man City, Liverpool when they're at the, their pomp. He's playing for a, a Spurs team that is on the peripheries of the Champions League and has been on the peripheries of the Champions League since 2014. And he's doing stuff that honestly, I, I, I haven't. The consistency of, of, of his quality is unrivaled, in my opinion.
4: What do you think, T? Yeah. um... He's just a wonderful player. We're running out of um, superlatives for him. The um, one player of the month, I think, he's only won maybe less than five player of the months. Um, I am not sure he's ever won player of the season, whether it be PFA or football writers player of the Even year. Even
0: Spurs, Son gets it every year. <laughs> yeah. So why he's do we? Got a... <laughs> he must be, must be looking. At him. What do I have to do?
4: <laughs> well, he's, he, the thing is, is that um, this is something I was thinking about recently as well. Is that it's until Kane leaves that he'll get his flowers because. Um, you don't realise how much of a gulf there is between him and other strikers. So if Kane leaves in the summer, we'll see how big that gulf is. But we have got Conte there, so if Kane was leaving in the summer, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be so bad. But we are just so lucky to have him. And um, I think Flavio mentioned that your old man probably said he might be even better than Greaves. He said um, he was.
0: He was better than Greaves
4: mutual friend of ours Jason says um Jason doesn't miss a game in a lot. Probably since nineteen eighty one. Hardly misses a game and um he says Kane's the best player's ever seen and he saw Hoddle and all the great teams of the eighties and he says Kane's probably the best Spurs player he's seen. And it's we've been blessed, I mean since this podcast has started they've had the great Bell season and um we're not used to having Spurs players be in the argument for the Ballon d'Or and Bell was genuinely in it and it's been one or two years, I mean, I don't think we expected Kane to win it, but he's been in the argument, and um, we take that for granted as well, that Kane's one of the best strikers in the world, I think, um, I mean, Flav, you use TikTok, I don't know if you get the CBS stuff on your feed, the CBS is um, Kate, Kate Abdo, Micah Richards and Jamie Carragher on um, an American sports channel that shows Champions League football, and and three work really well together. And I think um, Carragher got some grief for slagging off Lukaku. But Carragher did say that the level below Kane. And that kind of made me it made me warm him saying that because mm. Kane is elite, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He is. I mean, and, and like you say, we've run out of superlatives to talk about him. And it's so hard to keep talking about Kane. And maybe there's people listening to his podcast and think, like, we want to hear it. We just want to hear it. Just to <laughs> keep saying how good Kane is. But he just. Like we all know, we all know, but it's just every game he seems to su- surprise us to some degree. Like he, that that header for and, that, and if it was on his foot that, that maybe we wouldn't be talking about it, but just because that was another element to his game that perhaps we hadn't seen that he's for, in the midfield position has used his nut to play in C- uh, to son to score was just another thing. And then, and then against uh, Newcastle, that sort of sweeping ball down to Kulise- Kulisevsky on the left hand side, which was marvelous. It's just, um,
4: yeah, mate. The, the key, for I the mean, best like, players, time slows down um, in any sport. And for Kane, time slows down because he had Konza right on him and he had the presence of mind to look over his right shoulder at Son running and look at the ball and pushing it for Son to run onto. It's just, just amazing. John, we've got a
0: question here from Fitzgerald Will and he says, when we saw Villa clattering into us with impunity... Why didn't we try to give it like for like and he's posted a picture of Romero? Um, I think we discussed it a little bit, but I think that that probably wasn't the right thing to do. It's like, let them blow themselves out. Let, let them let them be aggressive and then we'll show our quality.
2: What do you think? Yeah, I mean, in those circumstances, I'm always uh, like, fight, fight fire with fire. Like, if the ref's letting it go, fucking give them a couple back. The problem that we had is that our first, like, quote-unquote retaliation was the softest... Foul I've ever seen in my life was a booking. So I think it didn't really help us because then it was a bit like, well, our hatchet man, like Hoiberg, who's, you know, like central midfield, is going to be putting in tackles. He gets booked for that. So then it sort of like limits your options for smashing people. And also, Ref was a bit of a homer, to be honest. He was like really he was really favoring them, and, and to a certain extent, I'm not saying like he's cheating, but like it happens right? Like the home team always gets a bit of an advantage. The crowd gets up and stuff. If one of our players puts that tackle in, the entire crowd just explodes. He sees a bad angle of it, gives a silly decision. like you can get yourself sent off so easily in that scenario. I actually think we did the right thing. Like we, we, we weren't playing great, but we were calm. I didn't feel like the players were flustered or like panicking. Like Villa played well and created some chances. I didn't think it was like we were completely shitting ourselves and like all over the place and like hanging on for dear life. I felt like we did know, just don't concede, like just stay in the game, and it will eventually click, which is what happened. So I think we, I think we took the right course of action. But yeah, always you always think to yourself, well, fucking go on then, like give them a fucking going over. I mean, as it turns out, we did, we definitely exactly. (laughs) <laughs> made the uh, right decision. <laughs>
0: uh, we've got a question here from Edward Ellis. He says, when's the next FC Fighting Cock Social sorted for... We're actually having one. So you've heard at the beginning of this podcast before it started that um, you can get tickets for t- uh, Tottenham Hotspur, or well, Brentford versus Tottenham Hotspur at the EV bar in Suffolk or Waterloo, whatever's closest. Um, yeah, so look at our pinned Twitter tweet and um, you can get involved uh we've got a question here from uh arlette on twitter he says dibala or ericsson in the summer and why well, that's a good question because i in my head it's like dibala because ericsson we've seen and done it and he's he's playing well now but would he come back and there's got questions about whether or not he could how long could he play for and that kind of thing but dibala is also injury prone t what do you make what, what, what do you think of that
4: I'm gonna be honest, I've not watched extensive footage of Dybala. Um, <laughs> do you think I have? So I, I can't I can't say I, I can't say either way. I mean I'm gonna be gonna keep it real. I mean but I don't th- I think Martin Nesbitt summed it up well that Ericsson doesn't fit into what we're trying to do, so I don't really want to back. if we can have an expert Spurs player back, I'd probably have Gareth Bell over Erickson. Because I think if Bell if he manages minutes if Kulisetsky gets hurt or Kulisetsky needs to take a bit of a rest, Bell can easily fill in and do what he does. If I had to pick one of the two, I'd probably pick up because I don't like, I mean, it's a bit of a, um, a contradiction, but I don't love going for ex players. If we're going to pick any, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be Gav Bell. Um, by the way, just to point out, Luca Dina's got a broken collarbone because of Romero. Yeah. Just wanted to point out. That's. That.
0: So, what was that? Was that first half, second half?
4: Second half, <laughs> because Dina yeah.
0: came off hurt. Yeah, one for one then, isn't it? One for one. Yeah. Sags. You get one uh, of ours, we get one of yours. Yeah. Don't, don't forget. <laughs> uh, Dina Barra says, I heard someone from another podcast use the expression, he's a Rolls-Royce player when describing Romero. It got me thinking, which type of car represents which players, in your opinion?
4: So when Romero I was... is not a fucking Rolls-Royce, he's a fucking souped-up Sierra Cosworth.
0: Yeah. Sierra Cosworth. So what, what's hobbye? Yeah, I'm thinking Volvo. Oh,
2: 100%. Yeah, yeah just, Volvo. Like yeah. steady Eddie Volvo estate. Champagne Volvo estate. I how, think would it's you a just, how would you describe Harry Kane? Are you talking like a or is it? What's the big? yeah? What's the best car in the world? Whatever that is.
3: Harry
4: Kane is a 1950s English car classic. It's a Jaguar English. Yeah, You're really bad of cars Yeah. yeah He's is, one yeah. of those by 1950s E-Type whatever the fuck.
2: Or like a James Bond, like Aston Martin. So, yeah, that's what he is. Respected globally, but yeah, good good, hard British manufacturing.
4: When he when pushes a car horn, it's the damn busters.
2: Don't know horn, it's the damn busters. Uh, what about do son. son? Don't, don't say
0: Hyundai, please. <laughs> Fuck's sake. No, no, you you're going to say it.
2: The Mitsubishi, something like that. <laughs> you're a scum, John, you're a scum. For goodness sake. Um... I would say he is a Ferrari, but not a red one, obviously. Uh, like a gunmetal Ferrari, because people will look at it and be like, "Ah, oh, it's a bit flash, like, is it, uh, is it really, like, elite level? But fundamentally, people go, fuck, I wish I had one. I snelled it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh,
0: and we've got a few questions here. What are the best ones? Is Gerard's Villa the, dirt, the, the league's dirtiest side? I don't think, like, the, the, like, like, as we talked about, it's not about them being dirty. They were just doing what they had to do to... I, I had no issue with the way Villa played. They, they, I, I had issue with the way the, the referee managed the game, but I had no issue with what Villa were doing at all, John, did you?
2: No, because, like, this is what I find interesting. Like, fouling is allowed. You just get punished for it, right? The rules are, like, you do this thing, this is the punishment for it. So it's it's legitimate to fucking hammer someone... You've got to deal with the consequences of what what happens to, for doing that. So they just played within what the rules of the game were, which is we're going to make fucking hard tackles and see where the ref lands. It's solely at the ref for me. Like he just let too much go and made it. He made it a little bit dangerous. Um, but yeah, I don't blame the way that they were playing. Like I said, I, I thought most of the tackles, aside from the Docky one, which was very high, were just fucking aggressive. And like, I don't mind that at all. And if the ref just like stamps down on that a little bit earlier. Don't get hurt, so yeah, no issue for me. I've got a question from Big Martin Yole here.
0: He says, Not the imagine it was here. <laughs> Big listen, Martin. To the, listen to the question <laughs> if someone offered you a guaranteed third place finish right now, but we had to get beat 8 uh, 0 by, by, uh, by Arsenal in the North London Derby, would you take it? No, and the reason for that would be firstly, 8 0. Getting beat 8-0 by Arsenal would go down in the history and us finishing fourth won't, or third won't. <clears throat> but also, you've got to believe in what we're doing. You don't. We don't have to get beat 8-0 by Arsenal to finish third, or, or well, maybe to finish third, but to, to, to finish in the top four. We don't have to do
2: it. We could beat them 8 nil and still finish third. We could beat them 8-0 and, finish, them 8, 8-0 and finish fifth. Yeah, i would be laughing. <laughs> i <I'll> take that. <laughs> yeah, i take that as well.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, Belch says uh, top three gingers to play for Spurs. Have we had three? We have, we, 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 Matt Doherty, we got no, not sorry, um, Gary, Gary Doherty, Dockey. Uh, Koleszewski, and is this problematic to talk about a person's uh, hair yeah. color? Is it? And, uh, no. Do we have to worry about this? To what?
4: At a to... love the shirt. If you've got any better than we've named, well, what have we named? We we've might only be been the best to... ones.
0: Well, what <laughs> there's been two in there, we've only had two gingers. If anything, we're
2: anti ginger at Spurs. Yeah, that's that's, that's problematic. Amazing. If anything, <clears throat> indeed, yeah, I can't think of a single other ginger player. You must yeah, have had another know. one, Gordon Jury, I think it was one.
0: Yeah, he was ginger, he was good. I liked him back in the day. Ginger's, fine, isn't it?
2: ginger's fine, you can say that. Ginger's fine. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. negative. There's no negative kind connot- of like you're not saying anything bad about them. You're just saying that they are ginger, right? Like, do we do it? we? To, is, it's not the, the thing is is like Kulosevsky's p- p- performance is
0: is nothing to do with his hair color, is it? Like we don't, yeah. we're not, we're not looking at him going, yeah, he's he's good, but he's ginger. He's he's good for a ginger. No one said that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he did. Enjoy just the song, good. Flav? What was that song? I don't know. Uh,
4: give, me, the, 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 the... give me, give me a ginger from
0: sweden yeah no, i like anyone it. in the plays in the wings or some shit like that yeah that's no, good it's good you like anyway. the song yeah 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 I I I I have got to a position where any any song any noise in a football ground is is positive for me but there there was a time where we were a bit yeah. pious about some what this song's not good this song this song is is it, fine just fuck it if it's making noise in a stadium then I'm all for it Hundred um, percent. I think we we're, we're done with the questions, boys. But I just want to. T alluded to it a little bit about how he felt like he's maybe a little bit, you know, conservative about whether or not Spurs will finish in the top four. But John, what, what 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 do you think about the rest of the season? Like, are, like, are you excited? Are you like, what 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 does our future hold? I guess what I'm asking.
2: I'm really excited. Like, I'm an I'm optimistic by my very nature anyway. So I'm always I'm always looking like. For the positives, but I do I do genuinely feel that like uh, recent performances and results are like backing up the fact that we are trending in the right direction. And actually, like if you think about when we were in that position, like the scum were on a great run, right? They were like having a great uh, great time of it, picking up results, winning stuff, and it was looking pretty shit because we were inconsistent. They were consistent, but we're actually just in the right time to be consistent. This is the time to hit form. Not fucking six weeks ago. This is when it gets decided on who's doing what. And we are now seeing the fruits of Conte's labour of like creating these like automations, these systems, and this his way of playing. Players are hitting like good form. Like T said, Son's not been great for ages, but he's been scoring. He played great, I thought, against Fila. Like he was he was really decent. Players are hitting form at the at the right time with a really good manager. And as soon as you get this kind of momentum You've just got to ride it, and you've just got to ride this to the end of the season. We pick up a couple of good results, like between now and like Liverpool. Never know what can happen in that game. Like we we are good enough to beat any team in this league, and you just put yourself in position. And it comes to the scum game, and we just need to want it more than them. So I am really excited, and I think we've got a hell of a chance of finishing top four. When I thought that was way long dead and gone, and then you do that, and then the summer is the world is our oyster, flav. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and one final thing, to I,
0: I, I want to hear from both of you, actually. If we Is Kane well and truly forgiven or are we getting to the point where the summer comes and we're now, we're now sort, of, sort of raining it in a little bit? Like,
4: What, what, what do you think? It's a, it's a bit like... Um, it's an idea who's been battered on this podcast. It's a bit like, a love of your life is cheating on you. You take him back, but in the head, you know, their visions of... Um, them cheating on you and that's yeah. what it feels like with Harry Kane it's like um, and you know what I actually like Stephen Gerrard as a manager he says a lot of the right things and he actually said that if Kane wins the trophy of Spurs it would mean so much more and it's taken that long for someone in the football to say that and um, I it is kind of cut vibes but I would love us to win something with Kane at the, with Kane and our team just to I think we owe him that in a way because um He's given so much of his career. He's given so much to us over the years. I mean, last summer was nasty, but I would love to see Kane and, and Hugo Lloris more more so to win a trophy for Spurs because they've given so much to the to the cause. They've made us. I mean, the majority of the time, this podcast has been a thing. Those two have been part of our team, and it would just be beautiful to see them to win a trophy with Spurs. And next season, it could happen. But Jim, I don't. I don't mind Kane, John. What do you think?
2: yeah I'm kind of the same as t like th- something has changed right like there was just unbridled joy and love there was literally a hundred percent maximum love for gain the shit over the summer it, like it, it took a severe beating the, the rating came way down it's like you know if you if you take out a couple of credit cards on Experian, your fucking score goes through the floor it's a bit like that it went down um now I've been slowly he's Due to his performance, he's been slowly building up my um, my credit score back again with him, and suddenly, like, I find myself sort of forgetting about what happened in the summer. It'll always be there, like when I in the cold light of day. I think it's I think players are entitled to like make a mistake, and like prior to that, he's done nothing. He's never said anything negative. He's never done anything shitty. He's never thrown his shirt on the floor. He's never been disrespectful to the fans, to a manager. He made a big fuck up in the summer. If he now, like, we get top four, he signs a new contract and wins anything with us, then I think you just have to put it down to, like, he made a mistake once in his entire career. And you know, you, you... it's so easy to just, like, you know, blacklist players on one mistake. A lot of other players do way worse shit and no one says anything.
0: In a way, it takes me back to what Gerard did with Liverpool and Chelsea, where, you yeah. know, Gerard was the player who just, or the manager who just said, that uh, Kane should stay at Spurs because it's it would mean more because he had that at Liverpool but he he made the mistake of like mooting a move to uh, to Chelsea and uh, no doubt Liverpool were more successful than Spurs have been but he understands it so he understands what it would feel like for Kane to stay now like he's made like he, uh, he's made a mistake but we've forgiven him we've taken him in he's he's earned he's <laughs> he's earned his respect again he's earned our respect again so um, if he doesn't just sign new contracts. Just sign the fucking new contract, yeah. please.
2: Sign, sign the
0: ting and then let's sign move the forward. damn thing. Alright, that's been the Fine Cop Podcast. Thank you very much, Felonious Filth and You're John Bass. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Oh
3: it's the fight in It's the Fight In Clock It's the Fight
1: it's a fighting clock. A camel
3: Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Geico asks, How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help